I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to June's podcast series of One Month to Better Investigations and Internal Reporting. So what do you do when the call, the email, or the personal tip comes into your office where an employee reports suspicious activity somewhere literally across the globe? That activity might well turn into a Foreign Corrupt Practices Act issue for your company. In today's climate, it can turn into issues under lots of different anti-corruption jurisdictions. The Brazilian Clean Companies Act, the UK Bribery Act, or even domestic anti-corruption laws such as brought GSK to bear in China. As the Chief Compliance Officer, it will be up to you to begin the process which will determine in many instances how your company will respond going forward and will set the tone throughout this most difficult period. This month's podcast series will provide to you all the steps you need to consider going forward. I'm going to take a look at independent versus in-house investigations, investigation protocols, the different resources that a compliance practitioner may bring to bear in an investigation, such as internal audit, IT, and legal. And I'll take a look at special issues such as privilege, Upjohn and Miranda warnings, data privacy, and of course, the Yates memo and its effect. I think you will learn a lot this month if you follow this podcast series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to the June podcast series. Day four, triage of allegations. One of the things that I learned from tel- the television series MASH was the need for triage. In the hospital setting, triage is the process of determining the priority of patients' treatments based on the severity of their conditions. This is considered in different language under the Justice Department's Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs under Prong 7, which reads in part, Properly scoped investigation by qualified personnel. The following questions are found. How has the company ensured that investigations have been properly scoped and were independent, objective, and appropriately conducted and properly documented? Tying all this together is a short but succinct statement found in the 2012 FCPA guidance, which says, Once an allegation is made, companies should have in place an efficient, reliable, and properly funded process for investigating the allegation and documenting the company's response, including any disciplinary or mediation measures taken. Given the ways that information about violations or potential violations can be communicated to government regulators, having a robust triage system is an important way that a company can separate the wheat from the chaff and bring the right number of resources to bear on an FCPA problem or compliance problem. One of the things that is important in making an initial determination is whether to bring in outside counsel to head up an investigation. It is also important in a determination of the resources that you may need or want or need to commit to a problem. You literally have to kick the tires of any allegations of information so that you know the circumstances in front of you before you make the decision going forward. You can do this through a robust triage process. Jonathan Marks, a partner at Markham LLP, has suggested a five-stage triage process, which allows not only for an early implementation of any allegations, but also a manner to think through the investigative approach. Marks cautions that you should have an experienced investigator or other seasoned professional making these determinations. 
if not a more well-rounded group or committee. Next, what will be the types of evidence you will need to consider going forward? Finally, before selecting a triage solution, you should understand what tools are available, both forensic and human, to complete the investigation. The MARC's five-stage process includes the following. Step one, or rather stage one. These consist of allegations that have a low threat level and do not suggest a breakdown of internal controls. Tips that are grouped into this stage do not have a financial or reputational impact on your organization. Stage two, these allegations are more serious in nature, but often indicate some deficiency in the design of internal controls. Examples include business rule violations such as recurring employee theft or patterns of falsifying expense reports. Stage three, these allegations are serious in nature and involve an override of internal controls and thus, at a minimum, are a serious deficiency, but they only have a minimal impact on the financial statements or the company's reputation. Such serious allegations in this category could include fraud, embezzlement, and bribery involving employees or mid-level management. Stage four. These are serious allegations that could have an impact on the completeness and accuracy of audited financial statements and that could indicate a material weakness in internal controls. They do not, however, appear to involve any of the senior management team. And finally, stage five. These are serious allegations that involve one or more members of the senior management team or are serious enough to damage the company's reputation. The receipt of allegations in this stage usually place the company into crisis mode and could result in the restatement of audited financial statements, added regulatory scrutiny, or indeed government fines and penalties, such as FCPA violations. By using the approach suggested by uh, Marx, you will be in a position to respond more quickly and efficiently to any allegations which arise. Of course, as more information is developed during the course of an investigation, you can move, it, the seriousness can be moved up or down the scale. Such an approach is also important for a company's outside investigative counsel to partner more with the entity as a way to help build uh, hold down costs. Outside counsel could work to build confidence that a company's investigators could handle a large or wide-ranging investigation. The confidence would help outside counsel in any discussions they would have with the Department of Justice during the pendency of an investigation. Such an approach also has the effect of keeping you, your investigative costs below the ridiculous level. This is because beyond the tactical need to initially scope any compliance violation or allegation, which may arise through a company's internal reporting mechanism, it allows you to move to the next step of developing a reasonable investigation plan. This can be particularly important if you self-disclose to the Department of Justice. You'll need to go to the DOJ and present your investigation plan early in an early discussion with government on the scope of the investigation, so this is very critical. You should engage the DOJ to show not only the scope of your investigation, but that it can be limited so that you do not face the dreaded where else question. You should develop a logical plan with a nexus to the facts. But it's critical that you and your investigative plan must have credibility with the government that not only will your investigation be robust, but the facts you've determined at this initial triage stage are a reasonable interpretation. Appropriate triage of allegations has several different impacts for any matter which comes to the attention of the compliance function. Obviously, it will help you 
to initially determine the seriousness of the matter, but there you can allocate an appropriate level of resources. It will also aid in your discussion with the Department of Justice if you have to go that route. Finally, in the situation where the facts come in, it gives you evidence a documented process was followed, which you can show the government that a claim was properly scoped as required under the evaluation. But the key is to be prepared, not only in terms of having your investigation notification protocols in place before an allegation comes, comes in, but also doing the proper triage so that you have an initial understanding of what you may be facing. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, just as triage was used in MASH, triage is important for any corporate investigation. Number two, the reason triage is important because it allows you to base your response based upon the severity of the allegations that are made. And finally, takeaway number three, by having a robust triage program in place, you not only meet the requirements of the Department of Justice's Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Programs, but you also can give more confidence to your investigative team when they interact with the DOJ. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to day four of one month to better investigations and compliance, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day five. If you have listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate us as it would help in our rankings and also help get out the word about the only daily podcast for the compliance practitioner. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of One Month to Better Investigations and Internal Reports. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.